So welcome to the Paul Hickey Podcast. Thank we you. talk about um, internet marketing, business, digital media, web design and development, and uh, we love to focus on um, great organizations around Nashville because we're based in Nashville. Um, my company, Data Driven Design. So I'm here with Paige Holman of The Next Door, and you uh, want to tell tell us a little bit about your role here in the organization. Yeah, I started as an administrative coordinator and I was supporting operations and the clinical team. And about three months in, I recognized that there was a need for someone to manage all things IT because nobody wanted to. We have a bunch of clinical staff here that do counseling and case management and medical services and all sorts of things. Nobody wanted anything to do with anything computer related at all. And I love those things. So mm -hmm. it worked out really well for me to carve out a role here. And I do everything from changing out toner in printers to um, on-site administration for our electronic health record system. And now I'm taking over updating the website and anything information technology or information systems related, I am the person that people come to. And then if I can't figure it out, I will refer them to our offsite IT support, advanced network solutions, or we've got um, the electronic health record system, we've got customer support there as well. So, okay, awesome, Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So were you, uh, is your background in, um, well, tell us a little bit about the mission of The Next Door. Yeah. Um, and then, what kind of led you here, like a little bit about your career and, and what led you here. That is a lengthy story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and keep it brief. Um, the Next Door is a faith-based nonprofit that provides drug and alcohol recovery services for women. It also, it started as a re-entry program for women coming out of incarceration. Okay. And so it was just for women who were needing the transition from jails and prisons back into reality and real life. So it started as a program for those women, but they soon recognized that there was a need for drug and alcohol addiction services as well. Mm -hmm. And especially because a lot of the reasons why the women were incarcerated had to do with drug and alcohol addiction. So we have since incorporated that into our programming. So we have uh, medically monitored detox, we have residential treatment, we've got outpatient treatment, and then we've got um, the reentry program, which is six months, and so that's for women coming out of jails and prisons. And they learn how to look for jobs, and we do their resume for them, and we just kind of help them reacclimate back into society. And then we've also got the Freedom Recovery Center, which is affordable housing for sober women and children. And then we've got the Chattanooga facility, which is just reentry, and we partner with the Tennessee Prison for Women down there. Okay. And so I have been here, actually this week makes two years. Okay. Uh, I started Thanksgiving week two years ago. And prior to this, I worked at the Ronald McDonald House. And before that, I was in for-profit, um, anything from Target Corporation to architectural and engineering firms, a geotechnical firm, um, and several other places um, all over the country, San Francisco, Portland, Minneapolis, awesome. and uh, but I grew up in Nashville, and so I moved back okay. here about five years ago. And I really wanted to find something that fed into my desire to give back and to help people. Um, and actually, last year I was getting a degree in uh, I was getting a master's in social work, but I decided at the last minute to 
give that up and uh, sort of move into the information management side of things instead, which is a total 180. Uh -huh. But I'm one of those weirdos that I think, you know, both sides <laughs> of the brain, like I can communicate with yeah. uh, service providers and I can also communicate with the technology folks. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm the go-between. So I'm getting a second bachelor's degree in health information management, and okay. I'm doing that full-time when I'm not working here. Okay. Um, where are you doing that there? Uh, Western Governors University. It's okay. online. Okay. Yeah, that's where I got my original bachelor's degree, so it was really easy to, cool. to manage that and a full-time job. That's awesome. Yeah. So was it like just kind of you figuring out where you could help, where you felt like you could help the most, mm -hmm. and you felt like um, just skills and sort of a passion for the IT side of things, and then... Yeah. being able to apply it with an organization like the next door to kind of yeah it's been um it it became readily apparent that there was a need to have someone on site at all mm -hmm. times who could help people with their frustrations technology related frustrations okay um because our operations director is wonderful but she was being pulled in a lot of different directions mm -hmm. and being referred to somebody uh via a phone call is not as satisfactory as having someone there that can just show up, help yeah. you figure something out. And so it absolutely feeds, even though I'm not working directly with clients, I am absolutely helping our staff serve the clients. Yeah. And so um, I've had 20 years of mostly administrative experience um, supporting people. And a lot, I've worked in several IT departments, and so there was always a little bit of an undercurrent of technology because I'm okay. not, I'm not totally afraid of it. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I'm a little nervous by it, but uh, not totally afraid of it. And that has sort of morphed into um, a desire to make technology work for people uh -huh. and actually help them do their jobs better, easier, um, you know, streamlining processes. So uh, between a passion for data integrity and a passion for um, ease of technology use, all of that is sort of morphed into the job that I have right now, which yeah. is great. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I'm like totally self-taught on everything. Okay. Technology-wise, so I feel like um, I, I that resonates with me just in, in, in the ability to just kind of uh, see a need to help someone, like a coworker, and then like figure something out yeah. and then make it you know, make it into a, did you kind of create, like help kind of carve out the position for yourself here based yes. on that need? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I absolutely wrote my own job description. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I created my own title. It was yeah. wonderful. Um, I okay, cool. worked with an ITIS manager before and so I knew, but it actually makes sense because I'm managing technology frustrations for people. Mm -hmm. I'm managing our electronic health record system and any other information systems. I research programs uh, we just implemented something called deputy scheduling so that we can help schedule this staff that work 24 7 and random times at random days and okay um so anytime there's a need identified for a software program then i'm the one that people look to 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 kind of research that and implement so and then write up training documentation and make sure people are using things correctly and yeah um so there's little bits of everything very cool yeah that's awesome and I'm sure that the different the um, or the different arms of the organization out in Chattanooga and the other one that you mentioned I'm sure that that's kind of exciting to be able to help just beyond Nashville mm -hmm. in, in uh, with the mission and everything yeah it is it's um, I like being able to drive down to the Chattanooga facility and work there for a couple of hours it is completely different than mm -hmm. our location here um, and in feel, in staffing, and clientele, everything about it. Um, and so it's a really nice change of pace, and I know that they feel 
appreciated and supported um, when we can go down there and, and kind of help them out with stuff. And then we just opened, um, so our reentry clients here in Nashville used to live in this building. And now okay. um, we just moved everybody over to two brand new five bedroom apartments okay. um, about a mile away from here. And so we um, have staff working offsite. And okay. then, uh, so, so there have been minor shifts in how things work, but um, it's definitely nice to have a little bit of variety in how I'm supporting people. Yeah, that's awesome. So how does the, the offsite staff, is there, uh, <clears throat> has that changed your role at all in terms of like what you need to support from an IT standpoint or from a, from a can, technology standpoint? It gets a little complicated. We work in a remote desktop environment, mm -hmm. and so everybody that's working off-site is able to log into our servers um, using the remote session, but they have to be able to connect first. And, mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes that means that they have to come on-site, we get everything set up for them, and then they can go off-site and work. Um, so there have been a little bit of... Uh, adjustments to how people work okay but so far everything is set up to ensure that everybody has the same experience whether mm -hmm. they're in the building or not which is great that's awesome yeah, yeah. not easy to do no definitely not, not easy to yeah. pull off so yeah. <laughs> um so on the as you mentioned like the kind of the serving the clientele side of things mm -hmm. how does the next door's digital presence through the website or um any type of um, Google ranking or in indexing the organization in into like Google My Business or anything like that. Just the overall digital presence, anything you guys do on social media. How does that uh, play into, I guess, the, uh, the ability to serve the right um, group of women and uh, ultimately make an impact in their lives? Like how does it all help get people in, in the door and really make an impact in their lives, like the technology side that, that the outside world sees? Yeah, well, we actually get a lot of people visiting our website and submitting a request for information, request for help, um, and those come in 24-7. Those are people that go to our website and say, I'm you know, 23 years old, I have two kids, and I'm addicted, and I really need help. Can someone please call me? Um, and so those submissions get sent to our admissions department immediately so that they can follow up and mm -hmm. reach out to those people. And then we also, using our website, um, we're looking at putting a lot of our pre-admission and pre-assessment forms on the website so that people can access those and streamline the admission process, which is something that I think uh, we want to make sure that everybody is able to get in as quickly and smoothly as possible. And so to alleviate some of that um, wait time and some of the work that gets done when they first come in the door, um, we're looking at ways that we can streamline that and make it easier for people. Um, we post on Facebook relatively regularly, mm -hmm. and that uh, we also get a lot of messages on there from people mostly wanting to know how they can help mm -hmm. and also how they can get a message to someone that's staying here. Um, and we have to be thoughtful about that because we can't confirm or deny if somebody is staying in the building, right. but we can absolutely respond quickly and give people the information that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and then take those questions and see if we're getting a lot of the same questions and then see if that's something that we can answer, whether it's through social media or back on the website. So yeah. um, the response that we get from people helps inform how we manage that presence. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to use um, the access that that's the platform like Facebook would give you to 
the public to then kind of curate the information that you would need to either help improve the internal processes or like um, give you the data point to say this is something we should talk about we should put this on our website or we could if we wrote this about this topic we could be answering maybe a hundred people instead of just one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. kind of a thing yeah and um, so if, if a person um, wanted to get if a person wanted the help because you mentioned like one of the inquiries you get on Facebook is people wanting to help. What would be the main way that just a regular person could help the next door? There are a couple of ways that people can help. Um, we do have a volunteer page on our website. So we have a volunteer coordinator who manages all the wonderful people that come in and do anything from morning meditation to serving lunch to bringing a girls' night in one night a week. Um, so you can physically volunteer here in the building. You just have to fill out an application. Okay. Um, another way to help is by spreading the word. Uh, you can um, bring in people from your community, whether it's churches or your place of business or anybody that you think would benefit from knowing about the services mm -hmm. we provide. Um, and then monetarily, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, we're a nonprofit, and so yeah. anybody that wants to donate time or money, we are... Um, excited and grateful for that. Okay. So yeah, that's great. What are some ways? What are some examples of the ways that the monies would be used? Is some of the um, have monies been used for uh, like improving the housing, like you were talking about, or technology, or providing meals, or what is it? Kind of all of the above, or it's kind. Of, it is all of the above. I think um, if we receive grants, those are usually dedicated toward a specific purpose. Okay. So that might be for technology. If people are donating just regular funds, they can probably specify where they want that money to go. Mm -hmm. um, but because the majority of our clients are ten care clients, um, we like to make sure that we can provide services to anybody regardless of their ability to pay. And so we have clients that mm -hmm. have no insurance. We have clients that have ten care. We have clients that are commercial. Um, but the majority of our clients are either grant funded or ten care. And so. Um, the donations that people give can help provide care for more women that don't have any type of insurance. Okay. Is there a typical amount of time that um, someone would stay in the reentry program or that someone would, would actually be a resident at the next door? Is that kind of all streamlined or does it vary based on who the person is? Um, so it depends on the program, um, okay. mostly, because for our detox facility, people might be in there any time from two to five days, sometimes longer, depending on how critical they are. Um, the, the residential treatment program is uh, anywhere from seven to 28 days, depending on what gets approved and uh, the need that's determined. The reentry program is six months. And so okay. uh, the women that come to us straight from incarceration are with us for a six month time period. And that's uh, a requirement. It's never any shorter than that. Um, the sober living community, people can live there as long as they want, um, okay. which is great. So it's a structured environment. Um, they have a case manager and uh, they're expected to pay rent and they have apartment inspections and things like that. Okay. Um, so it's very structured, but we have people that live there for years okay. and love it. So Okay. That's, yeah. that's great. Mm -hmm. I was also curious about, um, I think it's interesting to learn all of these different things about a place like the next door because it's such an amazing 
uh, organization and mission and um, very obviously like knows exactly who the target audience is a lot of like a lot of folks that I speak to um, on the podcast or just off off of the podcast um, they're not necessarily as niche uh, of or, or narrow of a focus um, so it's interesting for me to learn all these different things and one of the other things I think about that I'm just curious about is like vacancy or capacity like is um, does the next door have like business goals as it relates to you know filling um, spaces or uh, um, rooms or beds or whatever the verbiage would be to, okay. to use or uh, may, maybe we'll speak to that however you can because I think from a um, from a business standpoint it's interesting to think of um, even a nonprofit um, operating in that way yeah. I, it, we do have goals, and um, so the reentry program is always full. It's 20 beds, okay. 20 women, and there is never a lack of clientele. Um, the same with the um, with the Freedom Recovery Community. Uh, we have a waiting list that's over a year long, okay. and so there is such a need for affordable housing in our community, and especially a sober structured environment that uh, we've stopped taking applications at this point uh, just because the need is so great and the list is so long. Okay. Um, here in the building for residential and detox, um, we do have a set goal of percentage of capacity at any given time, and then that, that is even broken out by payer types. So we want a certain percentage of commercial clients. Um, we you make more money from commercial insurance clients. Okay. Um, and so obviously, you know, those are good to have, but we want to be able to serve as many uh, 10 care clients, as many Medicaid clients, and as many grant clients and those who don't have an ability to pay as possible. So we adjust our budgets and we adjust the work that we do and our staffing accordingly just to make sure that we can um, have as many women as possible regardless of their ability to pay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we had, uh, at least I had a good time earlier before the podcast uh, showing you the website, the back end of the website, updating yes. everything. Yeah. Um, that's something that I'm really passionate about and uh, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, thank you for taking the time to show me all of that so I'm not nearly as yeah, beautiful. <laughs> absolutely. I'm absolutely. Like I said, I'm very passionate about everybody being very self-sufficient as yeah. it relates to being able to update a website. Yeah. And uh, so it was fun to come show you that. I'm glad. Um, Glad we had the opportunity to meet as well. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for cool. having me. Thanks so much.